Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. To suffer persecution on behalf of Jesus is not uncommon. Believers have experienced this glory from the first century. We may think that the biblical pattern for such suffering is to bear it humbly, meekly, as a lamb led to the slaughter. And the Bible does show us such examples, but there are other examples that demonstrate a completely different attitude for the sake of the gospel. We will see one such example on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. These two were faithful slaves of Christ for their whole lives, and they show us 20th century patterns of ones that, as the Apostle Paul, counted all things lost on account of Christ. Witness Lee completed this comprehensive work called the Life Study of the Bible before going to claim his reward, and we're pleased to have recorded excerpts from the 1984 Life Study of Acts on today's broadcast. Dick Taylor is with us again today to enjoy this program and fellowship also regarding this very interesting and I think somewhat surprising life study. Dick, welcome back to the program. Thanks a lot, Chris. It's really good to be back, and this is a rather surprising life study. Dick, uh, chapter 16, it's full of, well, it's a wonderful story, but this story has a lot of uh, little nooks and crannies and twists and interesting features. And before the program is through today, I think we'll probably refer to many of them. So why don't we begin uh, by having you give us just a little quick background sketch and, and relay uh, the story as it unfolded in Acts chapter 16. This brings us to the second evangelical journey of our dear brother. We can see that he was passing through the region of Phrygia and Galatia. But uh, in verse 6 it mentions he was forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word of God in Asia. Can you imagine being forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word? And when they'd come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, yet the Spirit of Jesus did not allow him. It's amazing that uh, by the forbidding of the Spirit, we see how Paul was directed and how sensitive he was to practice and intimacy with the Lord as the wonderful spirit within him. And uh, his practicing such an intimacy with the Lord as the spirit allowed the Lord to carry out his move according to his feeling and according to his timing and in his way. So uh, these verses 6 through 10 show us how Paul, first of all, was forbidden to go in a certain direction. And then as he's staying... Uh, in Troas, he has a vision. A vision appeared to Paul during the night. A certain man, a Macedonian, was standing and entreating him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. After seeing the vision, they immediately endeavored to go forth into Macedonia, concluding that God had called them to announce the gospel to them. So this was the beginning of the Lord's move into Europe. 
So now we see the setting for what we're going to get into today. So stay tuned and listen to this precious message. Well, Dick, we do know that the book of Acts is a book of transition and turning points, and this is a, certainly another major turning point in God's move. Let's join Witness Lee for today's life study. Chapter 15, we could see Paul having chosen Silas without being commended to the grace of the Lord by the brothers. And he passed through Syria and Cilicia, establishing the churches. After this, he came to uh, Asia Manor again. My burden in studying this book is to show you God's New Testament move on this earth and to show you all the crucial dispensational turning points. Now, he went back to the place where he did the work in his first journey. Now he went back thinking still travel around that region which he established quite much of work there. But here the record tells us what he was thinking to turn to the right, the Holy Spirit prohibited. Then he was thinking to turn left. Then the Spirit of Jesus didn't allow him. And this indicates he shouldn't turn right or the left. Of course, he shouldn't return. And this kind of forbidden, and this kind of not allowing, surely indicates that he should go forward. If you look at the map, if he would go directly forwards, that will be toward what? Toward the Eastern Europe. That will be toward Macedonia and Achaia. That means Macedonia and Greece. But don't think as Paul was a very smart person, he sh- should have had the thought already. He didn't. And that forced the Lord to give him a vision in a dream. A Mastonian, a Mastonian call came to him. Well, Dick, there is certainly more to this account than just a story. The story in and of itself is interesting. I want to go back and touch these two verses, and you alluded to them in your introduction again, and this is verses 5 and 6, where in the first instance, Paul and Silas were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And then verse 7, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go into Bithynia. You know, at times, the Apostle Paul, we're seeing him as one who is so one with the Lord Jesus, even his word, uh, his feeling, and at times his opinion fully expresses the Lord's himself. And now, here he is uh, carrying out the commission, and he certainly has a plan. He has a direction that he feels he's quite clear about, And the Holy Spirit has to come to him and stop him, even forbid him, and then not allow him, the Spirit of Jesus not allow him. This really, I think, shows us uh, that what we're seeing was the genuine move of the Lord and not just something of a man, even a gifted and marvelous man such as the Apostle Paul. That's true. This is really the move of the Lord. And Paul was the one who also wrote, For to me to live is Christ. He also wrote in 2 Timothy 4, The Lord be with your spirit, grace be with you. 
Paul really exercised to practice his oneness with the Lord, who is the resurrected and ascended Lord, but who has been poured out as the Spirit and is indwelling us believers right now to be one Spirit with us. So Paul was very exercised, and his paying attention and being sensitive to and walking according to the Spirit afforded God a way to make this major move into the continent of Europe. I was reminded also uh, not only of these verses 6 and 7, Chris, which say he was forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia, and 7 says, yet the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. This indicates how sensitive he was to the Lord. May we all be so sensitive. You know, the Spirit was not forbidding them uh, to do something sinful or negative. Uh, this was even something that's in the Bible, preach the gospel. But they were so sensitive that they didn't go uh, even according to what was right uh, according to the Bible. They were going according to and living according to this wonderful living Christ. He's the resurrected, ascended, and living Christ. Reminds me of another verse, Chris, in Second Corinthians 2.13, uh, a door was opened to him for the gospel, and it says this door was opened to him in the Lord. But he had no rest in his spirit. This is a very helpful point to realize that the Lord has this awesome, wonderful, world-encompassing move, but he will never move without the cooperation of man being sensitive to him in his spirit. So Paul was a real pattern to us. He paid attention to the leading and the speaking of the life-giving spirit. And this is all for the move of the Lord into this continent of Europe. May we all be so sensitive, even in our daily life, so that the Lord could gain others through us for the body of Christ. Dick, we see Paul as an example in so many ways, but this one that you're touching on today that we're focusing on is really incredible, that Paul was such a person that the Lord was able to lead him intimately and directly because of Paul's uh, continuing and abiding contact with him in the Spirit. This is a much deeper way to know Christ, to know the Lord, than just by what we read in the black and white or what we may understand is the biblical principles or spiritual principles, isn't it? It sure is. And it reminds me of John 15, Chris. The Lord is the vine and we are the branches. If we abide in him, we bear much fruit. Look at the fruit that was being born just by Paul being sensitive to the leading of the Spirit in his spirit. Well, Dick, we're going to look at that fruit right now in this coming section. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. They reached at the leading city of Macedonia, which was called Philippi. Philippi was a crucial leading city where the Roman army stayed, quite a crucial city. And the Roman citizens who dwell there all have the same right as those uh, residents in the capital room. So this tells us that the Lord did something right at the very center. And this was the center of the Eastern Europe. By this step that the Lord's move 
has gone over from Asia to Europe. Paul was still following his principle. What principle? Firstly, to uh, seek out God's children people. Uh, here in Philippi, he didn't go to the synagogue, but he went to a place where the Jews, probably with some Greek proselytes, prayed, seeking God. And there, the Lord called a woman, Lydia, the first person from Europe, the Lord called, was not a male, but a female. Then, <laughs> the trouble came, a maid who had an evil spirit came to frustrate Paul's preaching. And Paul tolerated for some time. And eventually Paul condemned that. And that evil spirit was cast out. And that made with the evil spirit a conspiracy for telling fortunes and made a big profit for her master. When such a evil demon was cast out, she couldn't make profit for her master. And her master got mad and hissed her up the city against the apostle. And but through this, the apostle was arrested and put into the inner prison of the city of Philippi. And that afforded a good chance for the Lord to do something, to vindicate himself as the Lord of the kings. Then in the night, while the apostle was praying and singing, the earthquake came. The Lord just shook the prison. And all the chains bound fell, and all the doors were open. But nobody walked out yet. He was discovered by the jailer. The jailer was scared to death. He thought better he just do away with himself. But he was trying to do this. Paul showed him, don't harm yourself. We all are here. Then, in brief, right away he asked, Sirs, what shall I do that I can be saved? And the answer was that, believe on the Lord Jesus. You shall be saved in all your house. And they all got saved. They heard the message. They believed. They got saved. And they were baptized. There was a quick baptism. In the same night. And they were brought into the fellowship of the apostles. A quick job. I like to see such a kind of conversion. Just in one night. A jailer. A gentle jailer, unbelieving, got saved, baptized, and brought into the fellowship. Isn't this wonderful? Well, Brother Dick, we've seen Paul now on several occasions when he comes into a new city. And his pattern, his habit was to search out the place where God's seekers were most likely to be. Uh, in the past, it was normally to first go to the synagogue. But now, in Philippi, this first European city to hear the gospel, he goes to a place of prayer that's really not described that uh, specifically, but he finds what he's after, doesn't he? 
He sure does. Verse 13 says, uh, And on the Sabbath day we went outside the gate by the river where we supposed there would be a place of prayer and sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. Then you know, uh, Chris, a few verses later in verse 16, after Lydia and her household believed and were baptized, it says again in verse 16, and as we were going to the place of prayer. So this means uh, Paul was a person who was always looking for God-seekers. Just as we saw with Cornelius, he was praying, beseeching God continually, giving alms to the poor. Peter was able to be linked up to Cornelius because Peter knew the Lord. Cornelius was a God-seeker. Again, in this case, Paul was able to be linked up to Lydia for the sake of the Lord's move in Europe by the riverside at a place of prayer. Why? Because Lydia was seeking the Lord. I like this uh, statement that our brother Lee has made. Man's prayer to God affords him an opportunity for his move among men on the earth. So, in principle, Paul was always seeking out God's chosen people. This is a, a principle in God's move. And this place of prayer, it's likely that the Jews and Greek proselytes who were seeking God gathered at this place. In the past, he maybe went to synagogues, but in this case, in Europe, he went to a place of prayer. So this brings out the principle that the Lord's move, even though people may not be genuine Christians, it is to those who are seeking God. Just as we saw with Cornelius, this move to Europe is also to a person who is seeking, that is Lydia and her household. Dick, let's touch that for just a moment, this matter of her household. A little later in the chapter, there's another example of an entire household being brought into the body of Christ, the household of the jailer. What is the principle that's being established here? The principle being established here is that the Lord loves to not only save you, but he loves to save your entire household. Paul and Silas were thrown into prison because of their preaching of Christ. But in prison, they were determined to not be put to shame, but with all boldness, as always, to magnify Christ in their body, whether through life or through death. They were empowered by the Lord within and even without. So they were there about midnight, not moaning and groaning and complaining about being in prison, but it says, while praying, sang hymns of praise. May we learn from this in our Christian life. Too much of the time we spend our time moaning and groaning and complaining, but the resurrected and ascended Christ is living in us as the wonderful Spirit. He wants us to enjoy Him. And if we do, you know what the result will be? The result will be he will move further, not only in us, but through us and into others. So the jailer, make a long story short, the jailer was convicted after an earthquake happened, and uh, as a result, he believed, and he and his entire household got baptized and were added to the church in Philippi. Hallelujah. In both cases, one believed, and then the entire household was saved and baptized. In both cases, they were added to the church in Philippi. Well, Dick, in the process of this household getting added, this second household, you, you referred to Paul and Silas being thrown in prison. 
we're going to look at that in this upcoming section uh, from Witness Lee and see it in a little different light than perhaps we have ever looked at it before. Here's Witness Lee. Then the magistrate got to know this, so he thought, let this man go. And he sent deputies to tell Paul, you better go. But this time, uh -huh, Paul behaved not like a lamb, brought to the slaughter. He claimed his right. Uh, you may say, well, probably Paul was not that spiritual. He behaved himself like a, like a hawk. Not like a lamb. When I was at your age, right away I condemned Paul. I said, Paul, you are not spiritual. You are not following the step of the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus was always like a dove. But you behave yourself like a hawk. And not a white hawk, but a black hawk. <laughs> For years I couldn't understand. And gradually, through my own experiences, suffering the persecution, suffering the criticism, suffering opposition, we were trying to be the faithful, honest, the typical follower of Jesus. And follow him in his footsteps. As doves all the time. We did suffer a lot. Then I came back to Acts 16. I understood. It doesn't mean whether he was a dove or he was a hawk. But it means for his evangelic work in the future, he must claim his right. Because he was a Roman citizen. And the Roman government was a government full of laws. And the government does protect the citizens. And I do believe Paul was wise to take such an attitude for his future steps. You see, to close the door that the Roman officials would consider him as a Jew. To treat him whatsoever as the lad. So he closed the door. He said, no, we will not go. We are Romans. We have not been judged. We have not been condemned. You put us into the inner prison, and now you ask us to go? No. Let the magistrate come to give us a glorious going out. I don't like to slip out of the prison like a criminal escaping. No. I'm a Roman citizen. Ask the magistrate to come and to accompany me to go out of his prison. That deputy had no choice. And he came and he did. Very good. Well, Dick, we need a little time to focus on this point because as Witness Lee unfolded it, it does seem difficult to understand what was behind Paul's attitude here. It was far more lion-like than lamb-like. Uh, normally we would think that the Lord would have required Paul to be very humble and meek and just accept this persecution and this unrighteous imprisonment on behalf of the testimony. But the Lord seems to tolerate and even bless Paul's insistence on his rights as a Roman citizen here. What is the meaning behind this interesting twist? The main point here, Chris, is that Paul 
was exercising wisdom for the sake of the Lord's move on this earth. He exercised even his rights as a Roman citizen so that the Lord's move and even his evangelical work on the continent of Europe in this case would not be hindered but could go on. It, th this means we cannot put the Lord in a box. Uh, sometimes we think we should just humbly accept everything, but in this case we see a pattern of somebody who needed to stand up and to let it be known that he was a Roman citizen and he should not be treated the way he was treated. But he did this not in a selfish manner, but he did this altogether for the sake of the Lord's move in Europe. This is the principle we need to pick up. They wanted to get rid of him and get him out of prison. Paul said, they've beaten us publicly, uncondemned men who are Romans and have thrown us into prison. Now secretly they are thrusting us out. No, indeed, but let them come themselves and bring us out. So he stood strongly on the fact that he was a Roman citizen. But the fact that he did this allowed the gospel to continue. So his wisdom, the Lord was leading Paul, even in this decision, to exercise his right as a Roman citizen. This was for the Lord's move on this earth. May we all just practice again, as we mentioned earlier, to be one with the Lord. He is the speaking one. He is the leading one. His move is his business. We need to exalt him and go along with him, whatever he speaks. And eventually, it's for his benefit and his move on this earth for his testimony. Dick, this is so profound. We began by pointing out that the Spirit forbid Paul even to speak the word in Asia, but here the Spirit allows him seemingly to make a kind of self-vindication or a self-defense. But really, what you're talking about is the real situation. Paul was exercised being one spirit with the Lord, whether to speak, whether to not to speak, and what to speak not out of a motive of self-interest or self-preservation, but really he was looking toward the long-term best interests of the spread of the gospel. It's a marvelous picture, and what a pattern for us to follow today. What a pattern. And the Lord was really honored. May we all obey the Spirit for the sake of the Lord's move. Well, Dick, I think, again, uh, you and I have nothing left but to recommend that our listeners get this life study message. It, Amen. It's a very comprehensive life study. Chapter 16 has all kinds of items and features, and we just skimmed along the, the top of the waves here. And so we would like to recommend to you listening that to get into the depths and, and the real meat of this, there's nothing better than this life study message. Nothing better. If you'll contact us, our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 543-3788. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. And thank you for listening. For Dick Taylor today, I'm Chris Wilde. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher and distributor of the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. If you'd like to contact us, just email radio at lsm.org or call us toll free 
at one triple eight life study. That's one eight 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 five four three three seven eight eight. Thanks for listening.